Hi there, this is David Hansen, pastor of St. John Lutheran Church of Prairie Hill in Brenham, Texas, and you have reached my weekly sermon podcast. You can connect with me personally on Twitter at Rev underscore David, that's R-E-V underscore D-A-V-I-D, and also at my website, RevDavidH, R-E-V-D-A-V-I-D-H, dot blogspot dot com. To learn more about the congregation that I serve, visit us at stjohnprairiehill.org. This week's texts were Acts 11, 1 through 8, Revelation 21, 1 through 6, and John 13, 31 through 35. The sermon in particular focuses on the Revelation text and a little bit on the John text as well. If you're listening at home, it may be helpful at this point to pause the podcast and read those texts. And here is this week's sermon. Well, Reese was really helpful. Thank you, Reese, uh, in, in helping me to think of some things. But how about some more? What are you afraid of? What are you scared of? I know you're not fearless. Lightning. Lightning. <laughs> that got you last night. My power went out. Did yours? What else? Scorpions. Scorpions. Nasty things, aren't they? Spiders. Spiders? Snakes? Yeah. Anybody else? You know, these, these, these sorts of things are the kind of the stuff outside of us that makes us scared. And there's, there's long lists of those things, and they're a little bit different for each one of us. But there's a fear beyond that that I have found to be nearly universal. And the best way for me to relate it to you is, is a story. And the story goes like this. I, I was probably about the age my daughter is now, four, five, maybe six and we were out in August doing the annual stock up on new clothes because David has outgrown everything that he had before we start school for the new year, right? You're familiar with this process. So we're out and, and we're shopping and we're doing what we need to do. And at some point during that shopping trip, as I was being told to wait here and go here and wait here and go here and try this on and take that off, I decided that I didn't need my mother telling me what to do anymore. So I said, I'll show her. I'll go out to the car and wait for her there so we can go home. I'm ready. I'm done. So I, I, I walked out back to the front door of the church, the church, the, the front door of the mall. And I opened that front door from the department store and I looked out on all those cars and realized I had no idea where ours was. So, all right, I said, I'll go back to my mom, I guess, if I have to. So I shut the door, I turned around, walked back in, opened the door, you're right, there's usually two doors, opened the door back into the department store, looked around and realized I had no idea where my mother was. And so then I did the only reasonable thing that you can do at a time like that. I sat down on the floor in the middle of the store and I wailed at the top of my lungs. I have discovered that there is a near universal fear among us of being alone, of loneliness, of being left all by yourself. And it's peculiar to us, right? This is not a natural thing. This is not an instinctual thing, right? We're afraid of certain animals in part because, right, they could eat us. That makes sense. But the fear of being alone is not. Just last week, 
one of my animals, one of my cats was sick. You ever have a sick pet? Right? Where does the sick pet go? The vet. But before you take them to the vet, they go away. Don't they? Right? My cat gets sick and my cat goes back to one of the bedrooms and crawls under the bed because he doesn't want to be around anybody. He doesn't want to be seen by anybody. He doesn't want to be touched by anybody. Sick animals want to be left alone. If you have a sick, hurting human being, they want nothing more than to crawl up into mama's lap. I don't care whether you're this tall or this tall. And be held. And know that it's all going to be okay. We're peculiar in that way. We want to be held. We want to know that it's all going to be okay. We do not want to be alone when the world is falling apart around us. And it doesn't matter where you are in life. I see it with college students as they go away from, move away from home for the very first time and realize that as much as they wanted to be away from mom and dad, now all of a sudden they're away from mom and dad. And I see it from the parents of those college students who go off to school as they realize that all of a sudden there's one less person in the house. I see it among people who get divorced. I see it among people who have big families and maybe things aren't right in the family and even in the midst of all that family they feel alone, they feel like they can't connect with one another. See it in older adults as the people they love die around them and they realize that their family is shrinking. That fear of being alone cuts to the core of who we are. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or you're poor, you're old or you're young. We all have it. This fear of being alone. And today we hear the promise. Now, some of you know this already. I love the book of Revelation. Not everybody loves the book of Revelation. I remember when we were reading through the Bible in 90 days, a couple people said to me, Pastor, why do we have to read this one? Can I read the rest of the Bible and leave this one out? But it's in the book of Revelation today that we hear God's promise. John is describing the vision that he sees. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw God's holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven as a bride is adorned for her husband. And a voice from the throne said, Look, I am making all things new. God will dwell among mortals. God will be here among us. God will dwell among mortals. We will not be alone. He will be their God and they will be God's people. And God will be with them. Emmanuel, God with us. There's the promise. In the book of Revelation, you want the gospel, go to the book of Revelation. God will be with them and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. God will be the big mama's lap that we can crawl up into and be held and know that everything's going to be okay. It's a wonderful promise. Or to put it another way, one of my friends, a pastor named Clint in Arkansas, pointed out that perhaps the core of the promise of the gospel, the promise of the kingdom of God, can be summed up in two words that we hear in Revelation today. No more. No more. More. That's the promise of God in the book of Revelation. If you ever want to sum up what the kingdom of God is, it's as simple as that. 
Whether you're five or you're 50 or you're more mature than that, you can come up with that as you recount the story of the gospel. No more. I bet you you can say it. No more. A little bit louder. No more. That's the gospel. Death, no more. Mourning, no more. Crying, no more. Pain, no more. Loneliness, no more. That is the promise of the gospel. And where do we go to find it? The book of Revelation of all places. No more is the promise. We sang it as we gathered. Soon and very soon we're going to see the king. No more crying there. No more dying there. No more pain there. These things that leave us broken. No more. No more. The challenge for us though is We ain't there yet, are we? We're not there yet. I don't know about you, but I still have pain in my life. I still have loneliness in my life. I still have hurt in my life. Mourning and crying and pain in my life. We're not there yet. We're not yet at the place of the kingdom of God. But there is a bridge between here and there. There is a path between where we are and where we are going. And Jesus gives us that path today as he says goodbye to his disciples. As he's there in that last night before he's arrested. He says, I won't be with you much longer, but love one another. The bridge between here and there is our love for one another. The way we bring the kingdom of God into this world is our love for one another. The way we make the promise of the book of Revelation come to pass is by loving one another. And so there are people who are hungry in our community. And what do we do? We say, no more. Go love your neighbor. There are people who are alone in our community. Say no more and go and love your neighbor. And be their companion. There are people who are struggling in this community. Say no more. And love your neighbor. And go and take care of them. And do. And that is how we build the bridge from where we are to the kingdom of God where we are going. We are God's instrument. We are Christ's hand to bring about that promise of no more. To bring an end to pain and to suffering and to grief. By the ways that we love one another. It really is as simple as that. It really is as hard as that. If we open our eyes and we look around, there is all sorts of brokenness in this community in which we live. And we are called to put an end to it. We are called to be Jesus healing. We are called to be Jesus feeding. We are called to be Jesus walking alongside and saying and proclaiming and screaming to the powers of this world, no more, no more, because love will win.